Rusty Quill presents. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, listeners. Have you been enjoying the story about a young Filipina in Toronto with a babaylan or shaman heritage? Find yourself wanting for more? We've got the podcast for you. Lost Shaman is a suspense coming-of-age drama by Sable Studio about a young Filipina in Toronto who discovers her babaylan or shaman heritage and is tasked to save her friend from an evil demon. Wannabe Korean drama and part teleseria, Saachi Brillante soon finds herself in the middle of unfamiliar worlds, mystical salons, grand mansions, dreamlike spirit lands, searching for answers and trying to figure out what it means to be a babaylan. Only 10 episodes, the podcast is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Here's a trailer to find out more about it. Someone wants to take my soul. That too refers to them as those unlike us. Diwata, Anito, or a demon. What else is next? Are we going to start seeing mananangals looking for a baby to eat? Datu told me all about your people. She who walks between life and death. Shaman. Teller, seer, witch, babaylala. A young Filipina in Toronto rediscovers her babaylan heritage and fights evil spirits in this modern suspense drama. Law Shaman is now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And now, on to episode 13 of Hainai. Listening to Hainai by Motsi Dapul. Episode 13 Bangkai. Hey listeners, this is DJ in the Dark. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new here, 
you might remember me from Double DJ's Midnight R at 109.9. DJ's the name my mama gave me. Longtime listeners will recognize our next guest, who's called in quite a few times to give us the scoop on the strange and terrifying goings-on in the city. Welcome our very own Toronto Supernatural lore master, Abe! Hey there, Abe! Are you there? Hey DJ, thanks for having me back. Now, I know your listeners are all like-minded truth seekers and have been paying attention to the latest of the strange happenings that have been plaguing Toronto. In fact, I looked into some incidents a couple of your listeners called in and verified the claims. So you know for sure they happened, Abe? Well, I definitely know for sure they got called in by someone on the night of. Or at least someone tweeted at the police to check on weird goings-on in those very areas, so it's definitely not just an isolated incident. But enough about that. What I brought for you tonight is a big one, and I hope you're ready because... Whew, if you'll believe it. Zombies. Zombies? That's right. The walking dead risen corpses walking, or should I say, shuffling around Toronto. I first read about it on a few forums, thought it would be interesting to look into. So, with a like-minded investigator like myself, check him out on Jungho's Haunted Toronto. That's J-U-N-G-H-O and a couple of trusty handheld tasers and pepper spray, we went hunting around the areas where Walking Dead sightings were reported. Well, this was half a year ago, so you'll know we don't take this lightly. We do our research. We went to the different areas, did a few surveys, a stakeout or two in Jung Ho's car, the works. Thought we caught the scent a few times, but, uh, well, let's just say we underestimated the number of drunk people wandering around at about the same time. And the one homeless guy who, to be fair, was also pretty drunk. It took a while. Even Jung-ho gave up after a few months, and honestly, I don't blame him. It seemed like a lost cause. But then, oh, but then, one night, when I was out on my own, I saw it. It was a man. He walked slow, real slow. Head tilted right at a strange angle, shuffling like he might have some kind of limp. He caught my eye even in the dark because I saw him dripping something, leaving a trail of something dark with every other step. He looked like he was clutching something tight in his hand, and I realized that was where the liquid was dripping from. It was blood, leaving small dots in the concrete. I thought maybe the guy was hurt, but I was also cautious. You know, Who knows what kind of people were wandering around Toronto at night dripping blood from their hands? I was about to call 911 for the guy, you know? Due diligence. And then I saw it. His face, his eyes sunken right into his skull. It was so dark, I, I couldn't see the whites of them at all. But, but it didn't feel like just a trick of the light. Mouth hanging partly open, like the only thing keeping the jaw on the hinge was skin and muscle. And I spoke up, and he didn't respond. With what little nerve I had, I reached out and touched his arm, and it was like I wasn't there at all. They just kept going and dragging me along when I didn't let go. You know how I said his head was tilted in a weird way? Since he didn't respond the first time, I I went ahead and grabbed his collar, trying to get a good grip. And I know, that sounds crazy, but this guy wasn't even flinching. And I needed to make sure. And, and it was dark, but I had my phone light out in a second. And even as the man just kept going like I wasn't there, and, and DJ, believe me when I say that this man, walking around with a bloody fist, had a 
broken neck, purple and black where the skin had swollen around the bone. I followed him for as long as I could, but... One sec, guys. Technical difficulties. Abe? Can you hear me? Oh yeah, hey! Uh, Carl just hung for a second there. Uh, where did I stop? <laughs> right at the good part, buddy. Followed him for as long as he could, and then... Oh yeah! The, not really that good, honestly. A guy crossed a busy street and I couldn't follow right after him or else I'd get run over. But the weird part was that it was like the cars couldn't touch him. Heck, they didn't even stop. Like they couldn't see him. But he was definitely solid. And I followed the trail until the drop stopped and I couldn't find the rest of the trail anymore. Like he just vanished into thin air. Or the blood in his hand ran out or dried out or something. I got video and pictures, of course, but when I tried to upload it to my cloud or transfer it out, it was all... static. I still got audio, though. I can play for you and your listeners now, though, honestly, it won't sound particularly interesting. Oh, go ahead, Abe. I've also got photos in the daytime of the blood droplets left behind on the concrete. Here, I'm showing them on screen. Premium listeners can get our full interview footage, but I'll also be posting the photos in question to our socials. That's unbelievable, Abe! And thorough, which you know I appreciate. May I ask when this all went down? Just last week! And I think one of your listeners reported something similar about a month ago? But she only saw it from her window, so it can't necessarily be verified. Well, still, we can always trust you to deliver the supernatural news we don't get anywhere else. Well, now that I've had a proper encounter, I'm getting back in contact with Jung Ho to do a solid investigation. Maybe when he unblocks my number. And I'll make sure you and your listeners will be the first to hear about it when we have a solid lead. Well, and my blog, of course. Ghost Towns, Toronto. Thank you, Abe. It's been a pleasure. Stay safe, and stay vigilant. Up next, a historical look back at the dark history of Toronto's oldest families, and another caller who shares her experiences working as assistant to famous, and to some of our listeners' infamous, celebrity mystic Guru Mahadev. Imagine having this much space for nothing. I try not to imagine more than ten crimes against humanity before workday ends. Workday, yeah. How many overtime hours do you think we should squeeze out of this one? <laughs> as many as we can get away with. Can I just say how damn glad I am this is open air, because that smell, 
How did nobody notice this until now? Looks about a week old, at least. Oh, Jesus Christ. It was raining the other night, so that might account for more decay than a shorter period. Clothes look like they dried in the sun, though. Check out his hand. Shut tight. Might get it open on the autopsy table, but I'm not going to risk it. Hmm. Oh. Hey, I didn't take you for a jewelry guy. Oh, this? <laughs> Ash gave it to me. Trying out that whole blessing thing Mari did. Right now, he's at the throw everything at the wall and see what sticks stage of his dabbling in the arcane arts or whatever. He even made this nasty tea. He said would soothe my humors or whatever. Did you drink the tea? Of course I drank the tea. Right. Because when I tell you you should look after your dietary health, you look at me like I'm crazy. But when your fake, real, magic, conman boyfriend says drink the weird tea... Oh, sir, no need to be jealous. You still hold a special place in my heart. No, no, not jealous. Just... Just finally accepting that Ashvin might actually be able to do real magic if he's got you downing something that tastes that rank. Okay, alright. I walked right into that one. No need to rub it in. Oh man, you're on a roll tonight. So I didn't realize you got back into praising Jesus every Sunday. I? What? Oh, mm, no. I mean, my nan gave it to me. That's sweet. I asked Mari to give it some extra protection, so, you know, twice blessed. I think she said. Oh. Cool. Cool. What? What what? Every time I bring up Mari, it's like... You have this look. I don't know what you're talking about. If you're not going to tell me now... What makes you think there's anything to tell? Like, I don't know you. I'm just not as gung-ho about all the supernatural stuff as you, I guess. Nothing deeper than that. Got me fooled. I'm very good at compartmentalizing. <sighs> I like Mari. I do. It's not her. It's just... Association. She's the one we always look to when something strange pops up in the neighborhood, and... I feel myself flinching involuntarily every time she's brought up. Murphy, your boyfriend... I know. I know. I'm not saying it's rational. I guess it helps that Ashvin doesn't really know what he's doing, even if he knows a lot, you know. He's been trying to sort through what's fake and what's real, and it's been less jarring to see him try and figure it all out, especially with assistance. But with Mari... She knows so much, it's eerie. Especially for someone who's supposed to have no idea what's going on, beyond the fact that it's all magic, and she knows magic. <sighs> I get it. But do you really miss groping blindly into the dark and finding only bodies when we could have saved people? No, I don't. 
But it was a lot simpler back when mysteries stayed mysteries, I guess. Yeah, well, cops who want it simpler are always the most dangerous. Yeah, I get it. Mari's great, but I can't lie, there's something comforting about actually knowing what's going on. Like, with this dead man walking, Jesus Christ! Call Mari. Call her right now. Got it. Nothing. Girl doesn't even pick up her voicemail. Didn't she say she doesn't believe in the concept? No. Where is this guy going? Can you get Laura on the phone? Okay. Just make sure Walking Dead over here doesn't jump up and bite me. Hey, it's Laura. You know what to do. If I don't like you, I'm not calling you back. Mwah. Nothing. You think it's a signal thing? We're never that lucky. But right now, we've got to trust they'll be fine and figure out a solution for whatever the hell is happening here. Alright. So... I'm about to do something really stupid. You got my back? Always. Ugh. Okay. Damn it, this guy's strong. Feels real dead, though. A little help? It won't just stop. Like, it needs to get where it's going. What if we handcuff it to the car? No go. It's heading towards the hedges. Come on, before it gets away. If we can't restrain it, then what can we possibly do by following it? We can at least figure out exactly where it's heading. I have a stupid idea, too. Oh, yeah? Yep. Hey, love. You all right? This is late, even for you. Hey, babe. I just wanted to, um, ask you a huge favor. Well, both of us. Favor? Gonna need your help, Magic Man. Come over to the address we're sending you and bring everything you can carry that you think can stop a walking corpse. Wow. Really came through with everything you can carry, huh? You're lucky I don't charge you all for my services. This would cost millions. Well, eight seventy-five plus tax. Though it's technically three hundred bucks from the hotel. So, where's this walking corpse you were talking about? We managed to cuff it to a tree, but I think it's about ready to cut its own wrist off to get out. Kiko. If I couldn't smell how dead that thing is, I'd be worried something untoward was going on. Well, any thoughts? Hmm. First thought. Why did you call me over for something your ever-reliable Miss Mary could probably handle with one hand tied behind her back? She's... indisposed. Meaning? Meaning we don't know. She's not answering, 
and we needed to act fast. Murphy told me you've been figuring out a few good spells and remedies in your off time. Well, sure, but... And you brought quite a bit. So I'm assuming you've got something in mind to deal with uh, that? I remember what this spell is. From... George. Reanimated Death Spell. Powered by their... Foci. Their... Death magic. They're usually meant to fulfill one task at a time, then immolate, or whatever other manner of destruction gets baked into the spell once fulfilled. Unfortunately, I don't know how to stop it, so I brought materials I know are supposed to exercise the dead. Ward off evil spirits. And a curse. Everything I thought might be applicable. So, throw everything against the wall until it sticks? As long as we stand a little farther away from the wall that's got a self-destruct sequence in the spell powering it. Right. Let's get started then. You're asking me if I believe it? Of course I believe it. I've seen it, haven't I? Alright, okay, no. Not for a long time. I didn't believe this sort of thing. Though, to be honest, I never really paid attention. It wasn't exactly high on my list of concerns for most of my life. I liked a good ghost story, sure. And... The creepy ones gave me an excuse to cuddle up to a cute guy at camp when the tiger parents weren't watching. But, well, you believe a lot of things when you're a kid. I didn't give it much thought until I met Donner. Lived with the guy for a couple of years, a little while after... I got to Toronto. Kind of a boring guy for someone going through police academy. If it weren't for his uh, weird obsession with the supernatural. Listen, Toronto's a weird enough place as it is. I guess it's up to you whether you believe it's got a supernatural explanation or if people are just so collectively crazy that it's sunk right into the water. I mean, now I know at least half of Toronto's weirdness is actual magic, but back then it was just that thing Donna was really into. I don't judge. I mean, I do. But back then, I was in no position to. And even when I didn't think it was all real, it was just part of what made Donna... Donna. Of course I know his first name, you kidding me? But where's the fun in telling you? Besides, he's Donner more than he is anything else. The first time I realized Donner wasn't just a little too interested in fairy tales was back when I was still finishing up my last year at the academy, and Donner was working the beat around his own neighborhood. 
It was a muggy summer night, and Donner had called me a little after midnight, asking if I could bring his camera over to an address not too far from his nan's place. He wasn't on the clock, but he was in full uniform when I found him standing under a streetlight, flagging me down as I pulled up in his car. It was weird, but not exactly a cause for concern. Donner was the boring type even then, so I wasn't worried about him getting into anything he couldn't handle. I did clock his odd behavior when I asked if he wanted a ride back, and he said I could go ahead. Didn't make any excuses about staying with his nan, which I'd have accepted. Seemed a bit on edge. When I wanted to step out, to see what he was up to, he blocked my path, looking me right in the eye. You don't want to see it, he'd said to me. You can trust me, you know. I'm on your side here. Even before we were partners, that was an undeniable truth. I owed him that much. So, he let me see it, He shone his flashlight against the far wall of the dead-end alleyway, and I could see him trace dark lines with the narrow beam. It looked like street art, but there was this smell. Something I'd got acquainted with years down the line, but right then, I wasn't entirely sure what was in the air. Then Donner used the camera. One brief flash, and the image was burned into my retinas, leaving the lines dancing in my vision. He handed me the picture, and there it was, clear as day, with the stark flash capturing the image, the scorched silhouette of a human body, that was no longer there. Nothing that belonged on the streets of Toronto could have burned so hot that there'd be nothing left but the smell of smoked flesh. I didn't know what to make of it back then. But after that, our dynamic shifted. Donner knew he could trust me. And I started getting a clearer picture of what he'd been after all along. By the time we were partners in the field, quietly shuffled by our superiors into a role that was, on paper, no different from any of the other detectives working homicide, I'd seen much worse than the shape of a human being burned into a wall. But they'd all been dead. Until Mari. I mean, I guess half the ones we deal with now are still dead. But you know what I mean. Dead dead. Not the kind that throws you against the wall and bruises you up bad and not in a fun way. The kind that sticks. Hey, Mossy. It's not working. Not at all? 
Well, it definitely stopped moving for about 30 seconds when I stuffed some sage in its mouth. But then it tried to bite me. You don't think that thing is contagious, do you? Do I think being dead is contagious? Oh, you know what I mean. Uh, that wrist doesn't look like it's going to hold much longer. Better step back. <sighs> Come on. Well? Well, what? Not going to make a snarky comment about how you didn't think I could do anything anyway? Wishing Mary was here instead of me? Why would I? Calling you here was my idea. I figured you might at least know something, but I'm not going to blame you for trying. That'd just be cruel. <laughs> and here I was thinking you hated me. I don't like you, but you're here to help us. That's not something I'll take lightly. Uh, there it goes. And there it falls? What? It worked. It worked? Well, clearly something worked. Careful it doesn't set itself on fire while you are examining it. Huh. Do you know what's in its hand? The... The one that got ripped off. Nope. What are you thinking? Well, I have a theory, but... Oh, God! Ash, what is it? Foci. Those are foci. I think I might barf. Just like having Mari around, huh? Come on. Let me get you up. No wonder. Damn it. So that was... Powering this corpse. Making it walk? Yes. But it's hardly out of power yet, so be careful. Hmm. What do you think will happen if we reattach it? Do we want to? This corpse had a purpose. It was walking somewhere specific. Maybe even, I don't know, delivering something? So what? Should we wait until we can get in touch with Mari and... See where it goes? Still no response. Try Laura. Nothing. Well, on the one hand, we could wait till they do answer. But I don't think we'll make it till daytime before some rich celebrity tries to kick us off their acres of backyard. And I have a gut feeling that if we left this corpse here now, it'd be gone by the time we got back. <sighs> and your gut feelings have never led us wrong. So, I guess... If this corpse is giving us a lead, I say we let it walk. You're listening to Hainai by Motsi Dapul. Hey everyone, this is Rajeli, co-creator and co-producer of Hainai. Hainai is a podcast produced by Motsi Dapple and me and licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike 4.0 international license. 
Today's episode was written and directed by Motsi Dapol. The role of Donner was voiced by Leon Johnson. The role of Murphy was voiced by Edward Boxler. The role of Ashvin was voiced by Adil R. And the role of Laura was voiced by Abigail Rhodes. The role of DJ was voiced by Yoyi Halago, and the role of Abe was voiced by Matt Gador. To help support the production of Hainai, you can buy us a milk tea at coffee or subscribe to our coffee gold at coffee.com slash Hainaipod. That's ko-fi.com slash Hainaipod. Or you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Hainaipod. You can also check out official Hainai merchandise on our Redbubble store at redbubble.com slash people slash Hainaipod. Hainai is available in Podbean, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can find the links to these channels along with news and updates on our official blog, hainaipod.tumblr.com. If you get to listen, leave us a rating and review while you're at it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hainaipod. Once again, thanks for all your support, and thanks for listening. 